Players are already reporting to Tigers camp, and we already have some things to talk about. We'll talk about the news and notes from there, as well as a player preview for Andy Abanez and Jason Foley. All today on Locked on Tigers. You are Locked on Tigers, your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Tigers. I'm, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. Today is Tuesday, February 13th, 2024. Thank you so much for making Locked On Tigers your first listen every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on to get started. All righty. Welcome back, everybody. Hope your Super Bowl was enjoyable. I know it's the Tuesday episode, but uh, recorded yesterday's show before the Super Bowl. So, uh, yeah, hope all your FanDuel bets hit. Hope you won all your Super Bowl squares, et cetera, et cetera. Unlike yours truly, who uh, had a pretty rough day at the office in that department. Um, but we are back, and baseball, you know, the Super Bowl ends, and that's kind of baseball people's uh, marker for, right, like Lighthouse. What am I thinking of? Beacon. There you go. For uh, for baseball seasons around the corner, and you have pitchers and catchers officially have to be reported by February 14th, so tomorrow as you're listening to this. However, a lot of players are already showing up, and I think that that's awesome. Uh, Tarek Skubal already throwing off a mound down in Lakeland and is there. Um, Colt Keith already there. Jason Foley, who we'll talk about today, already there. Andrew Chafin already there there's a really honestly a, a pretty good handful of dudes that are already down in Lakeland starting to get uh some training under their belt so that's awesome that that's so awesome and I'm not trying to make it anything more than it is right I'm not like oh look you know they're they're all here early like that must mean like the the mentality just dropped my my baseball there uh you know etc cetera, etc cetera. but it's just nice that baseball is right around the corner okay not trying to blow it out of proportion just really cool um, Evan Petzold of the Freep got everybody fired up today with a Tarek Skubal, uh quote. That is, quote, the eyes are set on the division. Win the division, you get in the playoffs, and anything can happen. We've got to be a little bit better early in the year. I thought we played our division really, really well last year, so do that again. Look at you fired up, baby. People showing up early, talking about the division. That'll, 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 <laughs> that'll raise the uh, the blood pressure. It'll get the, the, the blood pumping. That'll get you excited. So uh, good for the guys. Uh, again, group of guys showing up early. The one story that has already come out is that Javi Baez showed up early and is already in attendance, uh, posted a picture of his locker already down there, et cetera. Um, and, uh, you know, same conversation, right? I'm not going to make this anything more than it is. He showed up a couple of days early. Uh, I'm not going to, you know, change my opinion on anything because people are showing up early. Uh, it is nice to see, though, however, obviously, we'll, we'll, we'll gladly take it. Uh, the one thing that Javi can do to get me to change 
my perception of him after last year is hit fastballs better. <laughs> like that's that's what I care about, you know. And if he's shown up early to get more work in to try to fix that and help that, and you know, is carrying over whatever program he was in during the offseason, then that is awesome and beautiful and uh and fantastic, whatever other superlative you want to throw in there. But um that that's like what I care about for all of these guys, right? I'm not trying to single out Javi. It's just that's like the talk of the town. Javi showed up early and Honestly, the, the one thing I have, and then we've already spent too much time on this. We're going to get to the player previews here. But this was, like, people were talking about this, um, which is funny to me because it, it's just not something that really crosses my my brain. But, um, you know, the, the one thing that really uh, I, I do think is funny is really the word is, uh, you know, Miggy retires and we we miss out on the best shape in his life thing that every single year, right? It was Miguel Cabrera's in the best shape of his life. Miguel Cabrera's in the best shape of his life and all of this. And I think that until Javi isn't a tiger anymore, Javier Baez is the new spring training storyline every single year. That's my only takeaway from this is he is just going to be the polarizing, you know, every spring training. What did Javi do? When is he showing up? Is he here early? Is it, you know, what's uh, what what adjustments did he make? How much work is he putting in? Does his swing look any different? Mechanics? Did he change his mechanics? Like, it, it really was uh, just a, a handoff of the baton from one, uh, from, from Miguel Cabrera to, to Javi Baez. So uh, we'll see what happens. Like I said, apparently he had, did a lot of work in Puerto Rico. The Tigers sent some people down to work with him. He had his own people he was working with as well, obviously. So. Uh, that is much more about what I personally care about in terms of Javi is just getting a look at him and seeing him, seeing him swing and seeing him face some pitching. Uh, but I, you know, it was the talk of the town on day like negative one. This isn't even day zero. You know, that would be the day before day one, which is Wednesday, right? That was Monday's whatever day you want to call Monday. Uh, so let's get into our player previews. Okay. That's pretty much all we got out of day again, negative one. That's what we're going to call it. From uh, from Lakeland in Tigersville. So 2024 player previews. We started, we did the catchers. We did all three catchers on the 40-man roster. We're going to try to get through everybody on the 40 before opening day. That's like my goal. Um, and if we can do that, I think I have it planned out to where we should be done by mid-March. But obviously, when spring training games start and when there's a lot of news and notes and updates, we will have those conversations as well. So uh, that that's my goal is to get through everybody on the 40, not even just uh, the 25, but we're definitely going to get through everybody at least on the 26 rather man roster uh, before opening day. So uh, today we're going to talk about Andy Abanez and Jason Foley. We're going to start with Andy Abanez here. Last season had a 1.6 F war. Again, I prefer F war for almost every position. There's a couple exceptions and I will make those known if and when we get to them. Um, but for a player like Ibanez, kind of utility playing all over the infield, did play a little bit of outfield as well, however. Um, 1.6 fan graphs war at a 264 average, a 312 OBP, and a 433 slugging percentage that was good enough for a 745 OPS. Um, 11 home runs in 114 games played as well, 42 RBIs or 41 RBIs, rather, 42 runs scored. What other stats can I throw at you here? 6.3% walk rate 
18% K rate, 169 ISO. That's actually really not bad for a guy like Andy Ibanez. Um, and then he was, for whatever this is worth to you, positive offense and defense in terms of value, according to fan graphs. So uh, his offensive value was 1.1 and his defensive value was 1.7. So it's a pretty darn good ball player right there. Pretty solid. Andy Ibanez is obviously one of the bigger storylines from 2023 uh hit pretty well and found himself in the lineup almost every game in the second half of the season like I said played in what 114 games and uh, that usage only got more and more as the season went along AJ Hinge I think loves Andy Ibanez he talks about him all the time you can't get this dude to stop talking about Andy Ibanez. Um, pretty much in every single off-season interview, right? Whether he was a guest on uh, a podcast or was calling into a radio station when people were asking him about third base and second base before the Cold Keith extension and whatnot. Every single time he was like Andy Ibanez, especially against lefties. Andy Ibanez, Andy Ibanez. Like, uh, really made it known that this dude is in the conversation for all of that. So now that we kind of got his numbers and his 2023 out of the way, I want to talk about 2024. What do we expect out of him? Uh, what type of profile is he? If you watch the team, you obviously already have a decent idea. But I think his role, Andy Abanez's role in 2024 is kind of a, a unique conversation to have after the Colt Keith extension. So let's talk about it. We will do all of that right after this. eBay Motors is one of our favorites here on Locked On Tigers. Passion, drive, and patience is what brings home the winning trophy and is what also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and so much more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts, for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. That's such a bar. And it's so true, but it, it's it's my favorite bar in, in all ad reads. With all your parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. So keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. eBay guaranteed fit is only available to U.S. customers. All right, everybody, welcome back here. Segment two of Locked on Tigers. Appreciate you all for tuning in, making us your first listen every single day. Shout out to the everydayers that do tune in every day. We will be back tomorrow. Obviously, every single day we have an episode, so every single day, we will be talking about the news and notes from spring. I can't believe it's this time of year already. We're talking about we're talking about spring rumors already, baby. We're here. We're finally back. Also, be sure to check out Lockdown Sports today, uh, the twenty four seven streaming channel on YouTube. You can also now find it on Amazon Fire TV. National shows, people from national shows, and local experts of Lockdown covering every league. Like I said, subscribe to the channel on YouTube, Lockdown Sports today, or. Amazon Fire TV. Um, also, we'll continue our player preview series because uh, we're not going to have 30 minutes of spring training notes every single day, especially in the early part. Maybe at some point we will, um, but uh, we'll probably do those at the beginning of every show and then move into player preview. That's what we've done the last couple of years. So um, let's talk about Andy Abanez. We kind of laid out 
the season that he had last year, you know, pre-All-Star break had a 689 OPS, a 236 average post-All-Star break. 297 batting average, 805 OPS. Andy Abanez with an OPS over 800 from the All-Star break to game 162, baby. That is absolutely phenomenal stuff. Um, And one of the things that AJ brings up a lot is how much of a weapon he is, specifically against left-handed pitching last season. Still a 710 OPS against righties, which is below league average. That's that's not anything to write home about. Uh, but again, this was this guy was a waiver claim last year, right? And, and nobody really expected too much out of him. And for him to put up a 710 OPS and a 265 average against righties, followed up by an 820 OPS against lefties, it'll it'll perk your ears up, right? It'll turn your head. And uh, it's really, really impressive stuff. So I just want to continue giving him his flowers after the year he had last year. Um, the biggest thing with Ibanez is just the type of player he is. He is, uh, th- there are flaws in his game that will not be fixed ever, right? He's 30 years old. The dude's not going to make a ton of massive adjustments to completely change his approach at the plate. Um, but he doesn't need to. And I think he kind of proved that last year as well you're talking about a guy who was in the 77th percentile in K rate so he was in the bottom quarter of the league in strikeout percentage that's awesome uh whiff rate 65th percentile again awesome uh was way way above league average and just swing and miss uh the things that Andy Abanez isn't going to do he's not going to walk And he's not, well, he's not going to not chase. He is going to expand the strike zone. He is going up there hacking, okay? He he has intention to swing the bat when he is in the batter's box. And that does put somewhat of a ceiling or a limitation, however you want to word it, on his possible production. And uh, when people are talking about, you know, like, is it sustainable? You know, is this something that he could do year in and year out? That is the biggest thing you can point to and be like, uh, maybe, maybe not long term, maybe not, because uh, he he has just has this again innate just want to swing at everything, and the chase rate paired with a decent whiff rate is actually pretty impressive. Uh, he chases a lot, but he doesn't swing and miss, and that's that. You know, credit to Andy Abanez. The mechanics are a little weird as well. Uh, there's kind of a cardinal rule with baseball fans not to step in the bucket, it's called. And Andy Abanez steps in the bucket a lot. He opens up his front foot, steps toward third base uh, quite often. But again, especially against lefties, this is something that worked last year. Uh, he was a plus defender, 3 OAA, played second and third base and even a little bit of corner outfield. Didn't grade out as well in the outfield obviously, but um, was a net zero defender at third base and a plus defender at second. I don't expect him to get too many opportunities at second base this year, especially with the Colt Keith extension, obviously, that being the biggest reason. But he is going to be in the mix at third base. Uh, and he doesn't have a great arm, which is not like the most ideal you know, person to put at third. But he's really good defensively going towards first base laterally. Uh, he was, that was, he graded out super well at second base, moving toward first, made a lot of really good plays, if you remember, uh, with that, you know, with the glove kind of moving toward first base, but also at third. That just seems to be a recurring theme. He's really good moving to his left. 
So putting that at third base is never going to be a bad thing. Again, it doesn't have the arm you'd ideally like there. But uh, for a guy who is probably going to be a, a lefty platoon type, uh, or, or, you know, there's a matchup where a guy really likes to throw the ball in the strike zone, so you're not really, you don't really care about the chase rate too much. Um, that could be a, a spot for Ibanez to thrive just like he did last year. The thing that I will remind people about Andy Ibanez is because the, the discourse on his on him has completely changed. He went from this guy that um, nobody really gave the time of day and kind of struggled when he first got called up to, oh my goodness, like why are we, you know, more people not talking about him. He's going to be really solid at third, you know, and, and everywhere in between. Everybody's kind of got their own opinion, obviously. But the thing that I would like to remind people on, about Andy Ibanez is – that because he is a free swinger, he will be on fire for two weeks and he will be the coldest hitter in baseball for two weeks. And that will be a constant throughout the year. The only thing that will be consistent about Andy Ibanez is that he is going to be wildly inconsistent. And that is an approach thing. We saw it with Jonathan Scope. We saw it with Javi Baez. And that's not even like current Javi. You go back to peak Javi, that's how he was. It was hot, cold, hot, cold. It's just the hot streaks were really, really hot. That's just what free swingers do. That that's what guys who swing and everything do. That that is that 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 just makes sense. That's how that profile acts at the plate and produces at the plate. So, as long as we're all aware of that, uh, I think that he can be a solid utility player. That's what I'm expecting out of Ibanez this year. I think if we're talking about ceilings and floors, like we do with all in all of these player previews, at his best. I think he replicates last year. I'm not expecting him to go out there and put up a, a 780 or an 800 OPS across the full season. Um, so, I, like, my ceiling for him is not even, like, better than what he did last year. Again, he's 30. He, he, he's been in the minors a lot, kind of bouncing around, journeyman type. We know what he is. Uh, there is no, like, untapped second year of Andy Abanez. But what he provided last year was more than fine. So that's not a negative connotation thing. Um, so my expectation or, or my, well, we were doing floors and ceilings, right? So my, my ceiling is about what he did last year, crush lefties, um, go on a couple of heaters, play sound defense majority at third base this year, rather than last year, which was majority second base. That's really the only difference. Okay. The floor is that he struggles out and we have to remember free swingers can fall off really hard. Jonathan scope. Javi Baez, we have a plenty of examples over the years on our own baseball team. Jonathan Scope, everyone, myself included, almost threw a parade when they extended him. And he was one of the best hitters on the team in that 2020 and 2021 season. That fall off was brutal. It was, it was you know, <laughs> catastrophic, right? He, he fell off really hard and was the worst qualified hitter in baseball, statistically. That could happen at any moment. With a guy, right? You lose a little bit of bat speed and you don't change your approach. And, you know, Bob's your uncle. Here we go. It's uh, it, it, back to, to being kind of the journeyman type. So that is on the table. That, that No one should just assume that Abanez is just some guarantee to just be, you know, from game one to 162, the the lefty platoon or, or just, you know, the two one or two games a series starter, maybe I should put it that way, at third base. That is in the realm of possibility. Um, and my expectations are just for him. All I want to see out of him, it, you're going to be fascinated by this, is be good enough, net zero type of defense at third, and hit lefties. 
That's all I need from Andy Ibanez to consider this to be a successful season for him. That's it. That'll keep him on the roster throughout the entire year. Nobody will question his standing on the roster. Uh, don't have the cold streaks be, uh, there was one, what was his one last year? He went like Oh, for 40 or something absurd at one point. Like don't have the lows be so low, right? Try to snap out of it as soon as you can. But like, again, these are inevitable for his type of player. Um, my biggest thing is just be good enough defensively at third and, and keep hitting lefties and AJ Hinch will continue to utilize you throughout the season. I promise. Okay. That's all I'm expecting. He's a utility player. He's going to continue being a utility player, and he's going to get some reps at third base. And I think after last year, he deserves it. I don't have the utmost confidence that he's going to last and, and be you know, a staple throughout the entire season. I think it's very much in the realm of possibility that he's uh, we're having a conversation about him you know, whether he should uh, like be DFA'd or not by June or July, but uh, he has more than earned that. I'm excited to see him in spring training. And, and as far as utility players go, he could, you could do a whole lot worse as an organization. I, I absolutely uh, admire and adore Andy Abanez. And I think that he was a really, really fun story last year. And uh, I hope he continues to keep that hot. Okay. Let's talk about Jason Foley. We'll do that right after this. All right, everybody, welcome back. We're talking about FanDuel before we get back to third and final segment, however. Uh, the Super Bowl obviously just ended, and so we are shifting our focus. Well, here we're shifting our focus to baseball season, but also there's a lot of good basketball and hockey, obviously, to be played, and you can get buckets this NBA season with FanDuel and your first bet on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Just bet on all your favorites. Quick bets. You have live same-game parlays, exclusive props. Uh, there's a lot of really, really fun, obviously, All-Star Weekend still to happen with the NBA as well. There will be a ton of fun stuff to bet on with that, as there always is. So just visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and shoot your shot. FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NBA. All right, everybody, welcome back here. Third and final segment of Locked On Tigers. Appreciate y'all for tuning in as always. So we talked about Andy Abanez, everything that comes and goes with Andy being on the roster. Let's talk about Jason Foley. Jason Foley last year had a 2.61 ERA, a one and a half war out of the bullpen in 69 innings, a 70 games played, had a 7.17 K per nine, a 1.96 walk per nine, uh, 57.1% ground ball percentage, seven saves in those 70 games in his age 27 season. Uh, if you are a new listener, a welcome aboard. I appreciate it. We're going to have a fun year this year, hopefully. Um, one thing you should know about me is I'm, I'm going to talk about Jason Foley. <laughs> and I don't mean obviously in this episode, that's what I'm doing right now, but throughout the season. If there's one player whose value is not going to go unnoticed or not talked about on this show, it's going to be Jason Foley. We're going to get our licks in. We're going to talk plenty about this man. He is one of, if you're a longtime listener, you're very well aware, my favorite players on this entire roster. I think he's one of the most underrated relievers in the entire game of baseball. I think he's, uh, 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 how I word it, is that you know his specialty is is somewhat niche 
and he's not the stereotypical like prototype back end reliever. Um, but how I put it is there are 29 other teams in baseball that would do just about anything to have Jason Foley in their bullpen. I genuinely believe that. Um, and, and I'm not trying to make it sound like this dude, you know, would cost like Aaron Judge or, or Shohei Otani like a trade. He, he's a reliever. I understand that. Um, but as far as what he does well, 29 other teams would do unthinkable things to have an automatic ground ball just sitting in their bullpen anytime they want. And that is what the Detroit Tigers have in Jason Foley. Um, obviously, we know he throws his 97, 98 mile an hour sinker. He throws that almost exclusively, not quite, he throws 70% of the time. Majority of it is going to be that sinker, but last year ventured out and threw a little bit more of the slider, especially in the second half of the season, 17.4% of the time. And then the changeup as well, 13.3% of the time. That's very much a righty lefty thing, uh, throws the sliders a little bit more for righties, throws the changeups a little bit more for lefties. Uh, got a little bit gutsy with it a few times with the slider, threw the sliders to some lefties. Uh, at, at points last year. But for the most part, that's what he's going to do. And the sinker is is the bread and butter, baby. Uh, and to highlight that point, I have a really, really fun stat for you. Okay. These are baseball savant gives every single pitch in baseball by every single pitcher a run value. Okay. So the most valuable pitch in baseball last season was the Garrett Cole four-seam fastball. Right, And Cole obviously has an arsenal of four or five different pitches, but his fastball specifically was the most valuable pitch in baseball, according to this stat, with plus 29 run value. Okay, Logan Webb's changeup was second with 28. Zach Gallen, his four-seam fastball at 27. Uh, tied with that was Chris Bassett's sinker at 27. Charlie Morton's curveball, 25. Blake Snell's curveball, 22. Coming in. At the seventh most valuable pitch in the entire game of baseball was Jason Foley's sinker with a plus 20. That's, again, I just read you the names of the people that are above him. Right behind him, Luis Castillo's four-seam fastball, uh, Sonny Gray's sweeper, Corbin Burns' cutter, right? Like, you're talking about the, the pitches that are widely known as the best pitches in the entire game of baseball. Jason Foley is just outside the top five in 2023. His sinker is an unbelievable weapon. He should throw it all the time. And again, we talk about ground ball rate. Uh, that is something that he is elite in. Not just good, elite. 93rd percentile in ground ball rate this past year at 56.6%, like I said earlier. Uh, the hard hit rate was something that I got pushed back for. And then we'll talk about his biggest flaw and the reason why he'll never be a closer here in a second. But I had some people bring up, well, he's, look at his hard hit rate, though. 42% hard hit rate. That's, you know, at one point, that was in the bottom quarter of baseball at end of the season in the 27th percentile. My counter to that is nobody got under it, though. Right? Because it, it, that's great if you can hit the ball hard, but it was always on the ground. <laughs> Again, elite at ground ball. Over half of the balls put in play. Well over half of the balls put in play for him were ground balls. And his barrel percentage was in the 92nd percentile. Right? 92nd percentile. So that's great that they're hitting the ball hard, but they're spiking it into the ground. So I don't care. Okay? 
Um, and again, there, there are limitations to how good he can be. That is obviously one of them. But the biggest one is he does not get swings and misses. He was in the, this is staggering, the third percentile in whiff rate. Bottom 3% in baseball in amount of swings and misses induced in 2023. His K rate was in the 26th percentile. So just barely good enough to avoid being in the bottom quarter of baseball. But um, I mean, uh, that is what comes with the territory of A, just being a sinker ball thrower. Okay. Sinkers aren't meant to get whiffs. That's not their purpose. Their purpose is that you to try to barrel it up and then it gets on the bottom of your bat and you get a ground ball. He's doing what the sinker is meant to do, right? He He's utilizing it how it is supposed to be utilized. And that is not swings and misses. Now, the totally fair point to the rest of that is the rest of his repertoire. The slider is not very good and the changeup is not very good. He has one pitch. It's an elite pitch. It's one of the best pitches in the entire game of baseball, but it is one pitch. And his other two do not allow him to get a lot of swings and misses. Uh, his slider was hit decently hard, 286 average, 371 slug. So put in play a lot, not necessarily hit hard, um, but put in play a lot in the changeup, uh, 308 average, 423 slug against. So again, hit hard. Both of those negative run value, negative five for the slider, negative four for the changeup. And they've been like that his entire career. So the thing that I would love to see in a perfect world out of Jason Foley would be for him to show up this year with even one of those pitches being mediocre. Right, I'm not asking for this dude to go get a Devin Williams changeup. I'm not asking this dude to have a Kershaw slider. I just would love one pitch besides the sinker that I have even remote confidence in. Because right now, and last year, for as much as he was my favorite dude on the planet, um, I did not have any confidence if he threw anything besides the sinker. And the sinker was, I'm expecting this ball to be put in play just on the ground so that we can make a play on it. So, if I don't care which one it is, I really don't. Uh, he he does again. The right the righties mostly get the slider and not the changeup. The lefties get the changeup and not the slider. Um, I guess in a perfect world, you would want him to improve both of those. Uh, this is his, his age twenty eight season. Uh, I'm not expecting a complete overhaul, but he's still young enough to continue his development path. Hasn't been in the majors that long. I I, I just I would love. I would love, love, love if just either of those two pitches, again, they don't have to be good. They don't They don't have to be excellent. They don't even have to be good. They don't even really have to be like above average. If they are just average, I mean, how desperate do you want to get? If they're even slightly below average, because that's not even what they were last year, I would be thrilled. So that's really the biggest thing I want to see. The other thing is he let up a little bit as the season went along. I think part of that was fatigue uh, again. He was used 70 times last year. He was one of the biggest workhorses in uh, the entire on the entire team last season. Uh, maybe a little bit better against lefties if you want to get nitpicky with it, right? That kind of makes sense, right? A, a pitch-to-contact guy coming from the opposite hand, and you don't really have anything besides a fastball to throw to him. Kind of makes sense. Allowed a lot of base runners. His only two home runs of the entire season, A, came in the month of August. I think they were on back-to-back games, or maybe the same game. It was very, it was, they were both against the Twins. I remember it vividly because I had a tweet in my drafts after like July that just said, 
Jason Foley did not give a home run up this entire season. I was going to tweet it the second the game 162 ended. Uh, and then I had to delete that in August because he gave up two very quickly there. Um, so yeah, being a little bit better against lefties, probably in a perfect world, something else that he can work on. Um, but yeah, you know, the first two months of the year, he had like a one six ERA by the end of the year, you know, uh, again, we talked about it. I uh, had a two, six, one still very, very good. Obviously um, his pre all-star break ERA two Oh nine is post all-star break ERA three twenty six. But like, this is just this, the reassuring thing about this is like in August. Okay. His highest whip, right. Allowed the most base runners in any month allowed both home runs. The only two homers he allowed all year, both in that month still ended with the same amount of innings that he pitched the, you know, pretty much identical 11 or 12 innings the every month, the entire season um, still ended August by far his worst month. Uh, as far as like peripherals go with a three, one, eight ERA and only give up four earned runs in the entire month. So like, it, it's just, it's so reassuring to, to have him. I, I just, I I'm such a big fan of, of his and the way that he pitches. And I think, he just gets not talked about and not appreciated because uh, he doesn't get strikeouts. And uh, I think that he brings a lot of value in that. There's two more things I want to bring up about Jason Foley, then we'll let you get out of here. One is his role on the team. I All of this, you know, I, I've just been gassing this dude up and talking about how much I, I love him all, you know, episode and all segment. I think that the limitations that he has, um, I think – a perfect role for him, like best case scenario, is we have a bullpen that's deep enough to where he's not even the eighth inning guy. That's what he did last year. He was almost purely the eighth inning guy. Obviously, if we really needed a ground ball or a double play, they went to Foley. Um, but I think the best use of Foley is to not restrict him to he's the eighth or ninth inning guy because you want to utilize him when you need a ground ball the most, when you need the ball on the ground the most. You have a power hitter coming up who can get a lot of homers. You know what? We're going to make sure this ball is on the ground. You have a guy on first with one out in a one-run game in the seventh. You know what? We have our eighth-inning guy. We have our ninth-inning guy. Let's send let's send Foley out there because we, we know that gives us the best opportunity to get the double play. And that's not to say he can't handle high leverage at the end of game. He proved that last year he did. Again, was the eighth-inning guy for most of the season. But I think that in a perfect world, you know, Lang is really good. Shelby Miller is really good. You know, Holton and, and Chafin are good. And you have this deep bullpen where you're not restricting Foley to just be, you know what, he's the second best reliever on the team. He has to go in the eighth. I, I, that's my dream scenario for him because I think that gives you so much flexibility. I love him being like the first out of the pen guy. I, I would I would love if we had a deep enough bullpen as to where, you know, Foley could be the, the sixth inning guy to come out and just kind of bridge you to your big strikeout uh, heavy hitters kind of in the back end of the pen. Um, I, I think Foley, and this conversation is being had because this bullpen has gotten so much deeper. And that's a fantastic sign of growth that that we're talking, you know, I'm having this conversation about, I would love it if he wasn't even the eighth inning guy. Um, so that's the one thing I want to say. And then again, just the, the limitations with uh, what, you know, I, I don't think he should be the closer. I don't think that Jason Foley should uh, should be the closer for this baseball team. I said that last year. You know, I, I didn't mind him getting the ninth when needed. Right, Lang had his struggles at times. 
And he got put in that role a couple of times. And and again, I, I think he kept his head above water with it, but he struggled a little bit at times as well. So I think that that's my kind of perfect scenario for him. And then last thing, because we, we're way over time, I got to get you out of here. Um, but I, I think inevitably, okay, and I said this last year, and I'm just reiterating something that I, I said last season, okay, inevitably, there will be a stretch, okay? There will. This is, this is going to happen. I, I promise death taxes and and this scenario okay there there is going to be a, a stretch of time where Jason Foley the sinker still looks really good and the velocity is good and he's locating it pretty well and uh ground balls are being hit but they keep finding holes in the infield and he's given up hits and everybody's gonna freak out and all the people online are going to make their memes and go, Jason Foley's cooked. Like, this is, you know, he, like, sucks this year and, like, whatever. And it's going to be this really rough, like, two-week, three-week stretch. And then the rest of the season, he's going to be back to being fine. Maybe even it lasts longer. Maybe it's a month. Maybe it's two months. Maybe it's half a season. But that will happen. Because he doesn't get swings and misses. And anytime you are a pitch-to-contact pitcher, there's a little part of you, no matter what, that is going to have some quote-unquote luck. And that's not to say anything he does on the mound is is lucky, right? He has earned and, and works very, very hard at his craft. But BABIP luck is a thing. Batting average of balls in play. Sometimes the ball is just hit where they ain't, man. And there's going to be a stretch of time at some point where – it, it, you know, people are freaking out. And, and if we watch, okay. And if look, if the sinker velocity is 92, then yeah, you know, that's probably true. He, 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 he fell off and we'll talk about that when it happens on the show, but relievers change quickly. Okay. They're like goalies. They're hard to predict. And I'm just letting you know that that is going to happen because that's the nature of a pitch-to-contact pitcher. And I don't want you to be one of the people that's freaking out, okay? If if it's still got good velocity, good movement, and all of that is, you know, he looks the same, but the results aren't there, I promise water will find its level, just as it did last year, okay? I I, I assure you. Again, unless the peripherals and... And, and, you know, the, the what he's throwing is if he doesn't look the same and the results are bad, then that's totally different. And, and OK, I don't want to get on the hook for that if that happens. Obviously, that's much different. But if he looks the same and the results just aren't good, just, you know, be above it. <laughs> don't 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 freak out. That's just the nature of the style of a pitcher that he is. Okay. We're way over time. I had to get you out of here. Thanks for making Locked On Tigers your first listen every single day. Shout out to the everydayers that do tune in every day. We will be back tomorrow taking out a couple more players for our 2024 player preview. All right. Peace and love. Going to Therapy's Dope. I'll catch you all then, baby. Go Tigers.